Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. My guest today, uh, as I say, uh, you will know his voice, especially if a week from tonight, a week from right about now, you are down at Tim Horton's field and you hear a little bit of this. <laughs> Let's go, Tycats! There you go. That is Mike Neighbors, the voice, the PA voice, the stadium, in-stadium voice of your Hamilton Ticats. Next week, your home opener. Can't wait. So yeah. excited. I think all things being equal, it looks like, you know, this could be a really great year for us. So I'm, I'm pumped up, man. You know, I hope you're right. Yeah. Although I believe we've said that 24 seasons in a <laughs> row. Let's say if 24 is the uh, is the right one, I, you know, and 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 it's the CFL. I mean, you just don't know, right? It's uh, anything, all anything, and everything can happen, which is why we love the the game so much. And um, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put my get my ducks in a row, and I'm gonna say, yeah, let's go for it. Let's get the Grey Cup here in Hamilton. Yeah, well, you will have the Grey Cup here yeah. in Hamilton. Yeah, well, we gotta win it another. in Hamilton. Do you get to do the Grey Cup games? Uh, I did. I did yeah. the last and one. And so here. you'll do this one. Yeah. Well, I'm hope. So. I hope so. They, now, traditionally, the CFL didn't allow the home announcer to do it. Oh. Um, they would always. First of all, I don't speak French, so they would want a bilingual announcer, and uh, then so they always brought they, the CFL brought somebody in, and it was the Tie Cats. God bless them. Put up a fight. Said no. He's the voice of the stadium. He's he needs to be nice. doing it, and they fought it, and so they had this gal. I wish I could remember her name. She did the French. I did the English, and I was not allowed to root my team on like I normally do. So yeah. that was that's why I think they used to not like to have the home announcer do yeah. it. Uh, so I was kind of kept. I wasn't allowed to hey, give it up for your defense, all that stuff. Um, but anyway, I still I got to do it. The Arkells put on a show to remember, um, and it was a game to remember. I mean, so close could have been anyone. Uh, it could have been. Yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll see what this year. So do you do you do? I mean, you don't do anything like singers before they go on the. Before they go on stage, they warm up their voice. Do you like, do, you do, do anything? No, no. Do you warm dude. up? Uh, do no, anything? Or I just, just show up and let her rip. I just walk in and let her rip. It's it's funny because of course when I started doing it, I was working in radio, uh, yeah, yeah. and I was working in radio five days a week, whatever. Um, and now I've been out of radio a couple of years, and now I'm starting to get hoarse towards the end of games. So my vocal muscles were a lot tougher. Uh, when I was using them every day, and now I don't use them every day. So now I'm actually, I don't do any warm-ups, but I am very cognizant of the fact that... In the that car, just screaming at yourself. That's right, that's right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to scream. i got to be very careful I don't burn them out before the end of a game. So, so. what are the, so other than the Grey Cup game then, yeah. what are the rules, or are there any about what you can say or do to try and get the crowd pumped up? Uh, yeah, no, there's rules. The, uh, I mean, the main rule is once the the quarterback has left the huddle, once the huddle's broken, I have to be done okay. talking. Music has to be off. We can make all the noise we want right up until that moment. And um, anything you are not allowed. To, I mean, obviously you're not going to be swearing and stuff, but anything you're not supposed to be saying, or uh, is it sort of left to you to come up with what you want? It's it's just left up to me. I, you know, one of the things I got in trouble once. Um, I started an Argo suck chant, um, and the, and the t- it was the Tie Cats who were upset about. It. They said that's we you know we they do it. That's cool. Yeah. It's cool that our fans do it. Really don't want you getting them pumped up to do it. So yeah. uh, so I, so there are some you know some things that you kind of. I know Bob doing. Young early in his time as owner of the Tie Cats was really not a fan of the Argo suck thing. I think he's kind of, uh, he he could speak for himself, and I may be, I don't want to be speaking, but I think he's kind of just thrown up his hands and said, it's going to happen. We don't have to necessarily have you leading it, but uh, you know what, it's it's what it is. It's, uh, you know, we don't need to go the next step with the line about the Alouettes. That's a whole (laughs) different thing. Uh, But yeah, it it is what it is. But no, I mean, that's, so do you, do you just, come up with the stuff on the fly, or do you actually plan some stuff that you're going to say before you do it? You know what? I used to write stuff. I used to write lines ahead of time. Now I I, I have a bunch that I rely on, and, um, um, you know, my favorite one is, I need more cowbell! <laughs> and, you know, from the old SNL sketch, yes, I always thought yeah. that was kind of funny. So uh, so I have, yeah, two or three that I kind of rely on, and then otherwise it's what I'm feeling. It's I like to make it kind of like radio, right? I like to keep it in 
where we are in the calendar, if it's a hot July night, if it's a late September fall game, or what? So you kind of you know if you love yeah. fall. I, I remember one night I did uh, it was the oh, it was the Labor Day Classic, and I said, if you're excited about the kids going back to school, make some noise. And I went and got a huge <laughs> cheer then. So yeah. so yeah, just kind of having some fun with it. And, yeah. and but uh, I guess there's there were things there are, there are lines you can't cross. You know, if there's a call that doesn't go the Ticats way, if, yeah, if you were to yell, throw yeah. your beer cans <laughs> at the officials, yeah, yeah, yeah. that would probably not go well. Yeah, no, no. I'm I'm the guy who gets to announce. Remember the 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 last year, maybe two years ago. Anyway, they gave out the mini footballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they rained down on the field, oh, and I has. had to be the guy who go. Uh, please resist from throwing the footballs on the field. <laughs> the, so. There has never been, I don't think, a giveaway of a projectile <laughs> that has not that's, ended up with out. all of them flying onto the field. Don't know what you're thinking, right? <laughs> and and for whatever reason, the more projectile-ish the gift. Yeah the more likely the home team is going to have a bad game. That's right. It, That's there's right. some sort of weird Murphy's Law yeah. there that if you give, if you were to give people like feather pillows, you know, yeah. they're fine because <laughs> they're going to make it. But if you gave people, you know, metal <laughs> footballs, right. they'd lose 40 to nothing and there'd be all yeah. kinds of bad calls. No, yeah. you're, you're 100% it right. Is, um, no, it is, no, uh, it is, it's it's a fun gig. It, it is a fun And now, I mean, the, the door, I was thinking this as I was driving in today, the door for you if you decide you want to be, you know, Mr. Ron McLean punster with Bo Levi. Oh, yes. You know, Bo Dacious. <laughs> yes, or yes. Bo Defoe. Yeah, yeah. you, got, you got a million now that you there, could play. There, there, there is. Yeah, I, I, I did the one preseason game with Bo. He only was in for... Two, two snaps Series, or something. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, but yeah, no, you know, we'll come up with something, especially yeah. if there's putting on a show. The hardest part of the job, and I know Jason uh, Farr, who uh, was, was your, who preceded you, he preceded me. And of course, I work with him on our uh, podcast and TV show. Uh, and I know he got the, the season that he did, they were terrible. And there's nothing worse than trying to get the crowd to make some noise when they're down forty to seven. Uh-huh. So that's those late in those games. Oh, it's tough, man. That's a tough gig. But otherwise, okay. it's all good. Let, so let me just offer one more word of advice. Don't encourage them, as you know, to throw beer cans on the field. And if the Tie Cats are not playing well, and now you got Bo Levi Mitchell, boring. <laughs> oh, probably not. <laughs> that's, we won't go there, brother. No, you don't want to hear that from me. All right. Well, we got a, we got a week. Uh, Mike's got a week to figure out what's going to come up. Uh, as I say, this time next week. The Ticats will be warming up. Um, I think it's a 7 7 30 against, against, against the Alouettes next week. Uh, yeah. This week's game Sunday in Toronto. Yeah. So, um, there'll be yeah. a bunch of Cats fans, I'm sure, going to that one too. So, well, the, you know what? The, you talk about projectiles. The Argos are giving out replica Grey Cup rings. Oh, wow. what do you think Ticat <laughs> fans want with an Argos Grey Cup ring? Those things are going to be flying. <laughs> they will be. They will be fly. Someone's going to. Someone's going to be in hospital with a yeah. Grey Cup ring embedded in the head <laughs> from the right. one that was thrown from the upper bleachers. Don't do that if you're listening. No, we're not telling you to Absolutely do that. Absolutely not. Just don't do that. Mike, this is a twist. We we thought this might be coming. We've heard about this months ago, and they weren't sure what was going to happen with cities like Hamilton. Right. But uh, today it's announced that she will have strong mayor powers, which it's, again, it's for those who don't really understand, and I think that's a lot of us who don't know all the nuances yet, it's not... She's not Manuel Noriega. She's not, you know, a... <laughs> not di- carte blanche. She, yeah, she's not yes. the dictator of a no. banana republic at this point, no. but it gives her a lot more ability to push things through or to break deadlocks or... What do you think about the idea? You know what? I mean, it, it's my first thought, I'll be honest with you, I... I I was kind of hoping Andrea would use just her mayor's powers uh, before they gave her superpowers, and I really haven't felt like, and I really like Andrea. I've met her several times. I've never worked with her or anything, but um, but I really don't. I haven't felt like she's been leading the city um, so far, and so and it's not because of a lack of power. It's it's. I just don't think she's taken the bull by the horns. I haven't seen, you know, newspaper articles about motions where she's leading the charge and saying, let's change this, let's do this and getting counsel behind her, which is what I believe a mayor should do. The only person elected by all of the Mm -hmm. city. Um, that being said, uh, this extra power under the guise of it has to fall within the provincial desire, right? It has to, uh, she, the, the things she can use it for have to be provincial priorities, which primarily is a housing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so if it's used correctly, 
um, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. The, the question, it's a, an interesting word you use about correctly, because I was saying with Scott Thompson last hour, we were talking about this and correctly will be in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> sure will. Uh, you know, if she does something that you like, it'll be a great use of those extra yeah. powers. If it's something you don't like, it'll be an abuse of power that we shouldn't have given a mayor. So yeah. we'll, we'll have to see. It's an interesting thing though you say about her, cause I, I've been debating where we're, we're six months-ish, seven, eight months, whatever yeah, it is, since yeah. they were voted in, or since they were uh, sworn in, pardon me. Yeah. And I, I've i really wondered if Andrea Horvath has been using this first year to try to not look like a lot of the people who didn't vote for her worried she might be. Okay. As the longtime NDP leader, I know there right. were a lot of people in town who thought, oh man, we're going to get the wild loopy lefty who comes in and, and I almost wonder if there's, maybe not, but if there's something a little strategic about this, just to say, everyone take a breath. I'm not going to be, you know, I I have to be a little more for everybody as the mayor of the city. I don't know. We'll see how that plays out, but I've wondered about that, whether it's an intentional thing to not come in and push all kinds of stuff that everyone who didn't want her then says, see? Yeah. It, it, it's interesting though, because even on the issues that have come up, it's, you know, it's quite often I'm hearing quotes and, and comments from all kinds of different counselors and I'm not hearing a lot from Mayor Horvath and, and I, I'd like to, I mean, she is again, the representative of the entire city. And so I'd like to know where, and, and you know, she votes and she goes to the meetings and she says stuff. I'm not suggesting she's not doing her job. I just her job in my mind is a leadership role is to step out there. And if she's doing what you're suggesting, okay, but. And I don't know that's the no, case. But now you've had a chance to get a sense of, of things. I would like to see you put some of your thoughts into action. We have some problems in this city. We do. And, and, and we need them tackled and we need somebody to start suggesting things instead of just in, and it is ad nauseum sending it for a staff report, sending it for a staff report. Yep. I'd like to see less staff reports and more, you know, let's get something done. If you look at the electoral map from the last municipal election for the mayor, it was very clearly delineated. The old yep. city of Hamilton voted for Andrea Horvath. Yep. The uh, surrounding entire area <laughs> yeah. did not vote for Andrea Horvath. Right. So again, I, I don't know whether this is a strategic thing to try and look l- not at less, not partisan, but maybe less partisan, but nonetheless, your point about let, you know, now that she has these extra powers, I mean, clearly the two things that have been front and center, the issues so far, housing, yep. which also then ties into encampments. Yep. Presumably she would have an ability now under these new strong power rules to affect change in both of those things, presumably. I, you, you know what I would, I, I would think that you could find pathways. Yes. Um, and, and that would be you, certainly my suggestion. I, again, how much you can do as a mayor with regard to housing is, you know, you, you can get rid of uh, the red, rid tape. Of red tape. Yeah. That, that's kind of it though. I don't want to see them investing in housing. I don't want to see the city building housing. But if you talk to developers in this city, and I've talked to a number over the years, they will tell you, and, and you know, and look, they have their own biases. Sure. But they will tell you that it is pull your hair out frustrating sometimes to try and get something done oh, yeah. in the city. That yep. the process and the time frame and everything else, if if she does nothing else with this new power, if there's a way to expedite some of those things to get things built, right? that would be great. Yep. That would be great. And, and you're right. I, I mean, there's a lot of people who would say, I don't really necessarily want the city to spend half a billion dollars building new apartment buildings. Right. But if you can clear a way for these things, for other people who want to build them yes. to do it. hundred percent. Bingo. There yeah. you go. There's your, yeah. there's your strong mayor power that can be used for good. And, and, and as I, and I was uh, listening actually to Scott Thompson before and he had Colin DeMello on. And mm-hmm. one of the things Colin DeMello uh, talked about, which I thought was interesting, was the strong mayor can help defeat some nimbyism which is huge, right? Because everybody's like, yeah, we need, you know, we need more, uh, you know, low income housing, but just not in my area. And so she would, if she was decided to push a project through or help clear the way for a project, even if that counselor was against it, um, she only needs one third of counsel to support her and she can then push And you that can through. find that. 
Absolutely. You can find that on this council well, no matter which because direction. Because the rest of the council is going, it's not in my area. Okay. Well, well But regardless, <laughs> I mean, if you look at the breakdown of this city council, you can find a third for mm-hmm. almost anything if you decide that's all you need. Yeah. No matter yeah. what you want yeah. to do. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll be very, very interesting. And, the, and you know, the encampment thing, uh, same thing with the NIMBYism. I mean, it's, it's that probably is f- more even fraught than some of these other things. If you suddenly decide, if she were to, if this is within the rules, we're all learning about this as yeah. we go along. Yeah. But if, if, for example, creating this, uh, they've sent it back for a study, as you point out, but the idea of these giant encampments. Right. If she were to decide, okay, we're going to do this, uh, where she puts that one, <laughs> right? That, I'm, I'm telling you, that is the kind of thing that is fraught. Well, even, they were, I mean, they even looked, we were all looking, you know, when I was working with Councillor Farr, we were all looking for a place for the tiny homes. Yep. And even that was fraught with all kinds of problems because every time you sort of identified a place, everybody in that surrounding area was like, whoa. So, you know, it, it, that's a problem. Somebody's going to have to, but we got to get through the deadlock. We got to get through the log jam. And if maybe some, str- some stronger powers for the mayor helps us get through that, then maybe that's not such a bad thing. Yeah. And as I say, though, the one thing that's going to be really interesting about this is it's good if you agree with what she decides. It's terrible if you disagree with what she decides, and that's always politics. Yeah. But that's, you know, I mean, people who love the prime minister and the fact that he can corral his caucus and you say, well, he's, you know, he's too, you know, when it was Stephen Harper doing that, well, he's too much of a dictator. Well, and But it, you know what? It's whether you like the person or don't, whether you right, like their ideas right. or don't, it's either really good or that's a person's out of control and they're a dictator. I, I, you know what? I like the way you put that because, because I think that's the problem right now is that is, is it's always about the person and it's not about the idea. And it's like there's way too many people who are upset with anything Trudeau proposes because it's Trudeau. And that's not how democracy works. It's the idea we should be debating. We've, I mean, we've said this for a long time, right? Politics shouldn't be about the people, but but we, we keep... But we go- make it about the people. And it keeps getting worse and worse really? and worse. And it's like, dude, like we... No, is the idea good or not? And you can be against the idea and not like the idea, that's fine. But it has very little... I, You know, my brother-in-law was complaining to me the other day that, you know, that... Trudeau was making them bankrupt. And I'm like, well, you know, because he has to pay taxes. And I'm like, dude, that's not true. You know, okay? We a, all pay taxes, dude. The, Trudeau's not making you bankrupt, dude. You know, it'd be you a really are. interesting idea. And you've just given me an idea here as we're sitting here. I never thought of this before. We should have politics done the way of the TV show, The Voice. <laughs> right. Turn so, your chair around. <laughs> well, so someone puts forward an idea. Right. And we are not allowed to know which party has proposed it. it. I love it. And we debate the idea. Yes. And then once it's debated, yeah. then the party says, we did that. And you might be surprised. Scotty, that I think you might have something here. Brother. I'm telling we you. could do that. It could be a global TV show, man. We could have like, you know, uh, uh, d- d- politics, the I, ideas, debate the ideas, not the parties, not the personalities, debate the ideas. I bet you that if you did that, and of course, not in a trillion years is that ever going to happen. But if you did that, I bet you that there would be a lot of conservatives that would say, there's some things the liberals do that I support. And 100%. there's some things that the liberals would yes. say. I like that idea only to find yeah. out that it was a conservative idea. I guarantee that would be the case. I would turn my chair around for that idea, brother. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's, let's be in touch with someone about that one. Uh, this is um, a story that has been obviously talked about a great deal for the last week or two is the Paul Bernardo story. I want to leave the political side aside for a second, which is hard to do because it's become such a political scandal now right. with... Mendicino and all this stuff about who knew what and when we knew and everything else and all this stuff that, that, you know, we can have that discussion. We can keep having that discussion. I'm sure we will. But the other day I was sitting here thinking to myself, why does Paul Bernardo of all the people we've had Clifford Olson and we've had other, why is, why does Paul Bernardo still hit every single button that drives people bonkers? And I mean, look, I understand there were young girls and I understand all that he did. I get it was horrendous, but it's almost like it's on an entirely different plane than anyone else who's ever murdered anybody. Yeah. Why do you think that is? And and it wasn't even as many, like, you know, I mean, there are others who. Well, he's got the Scarborough rape. I mean, you add up all of his victims. And and still Clifford Olson. Yeah. And in no way am I diminishing. I'm I'm not diminishing this at all, but it's. But I do understand what you're saying. It's an amazing thing that if you say the name Paul Bernardo, instant reaction. 
Yeah, yeah, he's he sort of became the epitome of evil for a you know a whole generation that grew up at that time, right? So when it happened, um, and all that time after, that's that kind of is maybe in some minds, it's it's kind of the most evil thing we'd seen, and it and it did also it did happen here, that's as true. opposed to you know Clifford, like God forbid, but Clifford Olson happened in BC, and so so the fact that it happened here that we watched it day in and day out. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just like, it just gives you, it gives you goosebumps just even hearing his name. It's so interesting to me though, with this story, because there are people, uh, the system certainly, but there are people who very strongly disagree with the idea of capital punishment. There are people who very strongly disagree with jail as a punitive thing, as opposed to a rehabilitative thing, or we want to get people prepared to come back into society somehow that seems to go away. With this, it's interesting when you put a, the worst of the worst in that position, a lot of people then say, well, but for that though, I'd make an exception, (laughs) right? For for him, I don't want capital punishment, but for him, I'm fine with capital punishment. I, you know what? And I, I don't, uh, I've never, I've never been a proponent of capital punishment. However, (laughs) I, um. It's such a it's such a weird thing, but I've always felt to myself. It's my own personal opinion. That's all it is. But um, I always thought, if he's in a jail cell, let him have shoelaces and a belt. I mean, just if he Ted Kaczynski, if he wants to take himself out, then let him. Like, I, like, 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 be, be, and and it's not because I want him to escape all the horrors that he did or whatever. But it's just to me, we spend an inordinate amount of money taking care of him, and that bothers me. So uh, it's like you know, you you got him in a cell, and you're making sure he can't take himself out. So he'll he, the guy dude could live to ninety, right? I mean. It's like, you know, supply him with, let him just have shoelaces. And uh, if he yeah. figures something out. I, I mean, I don't, <laughs> what, what really bothers me about him and when we talk about this, what it always comes up and it came up again in this one is uh, whether you, whether you believe in capital punishment or don't, whether you think that he should be released into the general population, which would basically so be capital punishment, him, right? whatever. Yeah. But I, I, when I don't this, like that idea. when this story came up again, the thing that drives me bonkers about this is when they talk about his privacy rights. The, the, and, yeah. and it's like, wait a second, yeah. how, leave aside all that other stuff. How does a prisoner yeah. who's in for multiple rapes and multiple murders, how does a prisoner have any privacy rights in this country? Right. Surely you abdicated those right. when you did that. Right. That, all the other stuff we can debate all day long. Right. I don't know that anybody other than the officials, uh, you know, and the psychologists or whoever who somehow talk about, well, we have to get these people back ready to come into society right, again. Work with them, yeah. uh, who, who believes that he should have any kind of privacy rights? Not me, brother. And, and, and as far as I understand it, right, he also has the right to vote. It's the same right as you and I. To yeah, vote. probably. I haven't thought election. of that, but yeah, yeah that's, you know, I, I, again, yeah. I just, there are, if, okay, we're not going to go down the path, I'm sure in this, <laughs> well, no, but we're not going to go down the path in this country to capital punishment because I don't nope. see that there's an appetite nope. for it and no party probably wants to open that debate. Yeah. It's a very laden with, you know, problems if you want to do that. But again, if you were to say, look, when you are sent to jail for life, if you get life in prison, you lose your yeah. rights to privacy and stuff. When, yeah. when you're moved around, people are going to know it. If, if. You have a bail here, a, a hearing. We're gonna we're gonna videotape it. We're gonna show your parole hearing and right. like w- why this is the one thing that I can't get around right. is why does this person have rights? Yeah, and I'll, I'll uh, I'm gonna throw out this this bothered me and I and, I, and that's why I remembered it. It's, the statistics are like got to be seven years old. Now you could look them up. I'm sure things have changed, but not for the better. But the statistics let's seven years ago was at that time, we were spending $125,000 a year to take care of Paul Bernardo. Mm -hmm. And it was specific to Bernardo. And at that time, the average senior getting government assistance was getting about $76,000 a year. So you kind of go, okay, is there something wrong with that picture? 
Is is there something wrong? You know, the meals, the money we spend on the meals for Paul Bernardo is more than the money we spend on meals in nursing homes. Like, like there, there's something cockeyed about. But the it's system. the rights again, and, and well, but he he shouldn't have those rights. I mean, I'm not suggesting you starve them. I'm no. not suggesting, but at the same it time, it doesn't have to be stale bread and moldy water. But I don't. You're right. I mean, you're, but the of senior citizen right. that didn't kill anybody deserves yeah. to be taken care of as well as. The worst citizen that we've ever had. Yeah, no, I, I this one, this always. But it all gets us all in a. Well, uh, it gets everybody uh, going. Now you get me all. Uh. It gets everybody going, <laughs> yeah. and you know one of the uh, one of the uh, the things that you just like. You're right. It, it is a local story. The people around here, and I don't know that. I don't know. I mean, how old would you have to be? I mean, he's been in. It's almost thirty years that he's been. Since this has all been happening, since right. the Scarborough Rapist, it's right. a 30-year thing. So right. you would have to be at least 35 or 40 to have even a fleeting memory, probably 50 to really yeah. Yeah. remember the story and the yeah. horror of the story. But Although yeah. I'm sure there were some kids who caught glimpses and bits and pieces of those stories as they as it traveled around, right, who still who gave them nightmares, who... Like it was, it was so horrific, and it was everywhere. And and I'm sure there are kids who were impacted by it who still remember things yeah. that they shouldn't have. Re- but I go back, I go back to. to the rights thing, and and that is, I really believe. So if you move him to a medium security prison, to right. me, this is a step. Is it a step towards someday him getting day parole? I don't know, but it's a step, and I don't know why he's even getting a step towards something. <laughs> right, but. Uh, if you, I believe away, it will cost us less. Well, but if you took away, <laughs> yeah, if you took away these rights to privacy, and so that the parole hearing had to be public, if it was televised or even just streamed online, I really believe that those people on the parole board, if they're even remotely open to the idea of, well, maybe you know he's showing improvement. Yeah. You would squash that. There is not a single person sitting on a parole board who is going to allow themselves, if it's public, right, to be the one who says, I'm okay with him getting anything, yeah. moving to a lesser prison, getting anything. There, you would be, you would be scorned if you were on that parole board sure. and you publicly, they, people knew who you were and you gave him anything. I, and maybe that's the way to do it. And 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 I and I guess that's why the political thing has has blown up, right? Because people want heads to roll. People want to know who was it, who at Corrections Canada was it that went Bernardo? Yeah, okay, we'll send. Or him. who didn't somehow know? Or who didn't tell? But is it isn't is? Oh yeah, I got to look it up to make sure I got Corrections this right. Canada works independent of the government. There, there's they they tell the government what they're doing. They do not take orders from the government. So that's one of the disparities, I think, in the thing. It's like, you know, Mendocino and his staff didn't say do this. Corrections Canada works independently yes. and they don't have, uh, you know, it's not direct input by the government. So, although, Absolutely. again, my brother-in-law will probably blame Trudeau for this one. Well. <laughs> Mike, it was uh, last week, yeah, a week or so ago, that uh, Granddad's Donuts opened up again to great fanfare. They did yes, all their... Uh, I saw the lineup. All the all their renos and everything else, and we were going to talk about this the other day. I was going to talk about this, and I don't know something got in the way. But we had a debate. I was I don't know who I was talking to about what is the Hamilton food, the Hamilton restaurant, the Hamilton eating establishment. If you were saying what is the place that is most, I mean, there's Granddad's is in the discussion sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Monster Donut might be one. Tim Hortons, I'm on a very broad yeah, scale. Yeah. Uh, Easter Brooks, I know that's Aldershot. It's not yeah. technically Hamilton, but yeah. what, what would be the place that you would say is the, and by the way, while I, Mike is pondering this because I'm catching him cold, and yeah, the look on his face is okay. saying, please stall for time while that's I think okay. about this. Okay. Send us a text, 905-645-3221. What is the Hamilton food place? I will tell you my Hamilton food yeah. place, okay, whether it's everybody. I mean, it's it's kind of an open question. My Hamilton food place is the Capri Ristorante. Uh, it's been there forever um, uh, on John Street. And I, I um, spent a lot of time, still live on the West Mountain, and I live in an, an Italian neighborhood. And all the guys in my Italian neighborhood would always talk about the fact that when they were growing up down in the North End, um, that that's where you got pizza. 
that's where they all got, you know, the Italians all said that was the best pizza. And uh, and since then, my wife and I have been there a ton of times. Um, and in fact, uh, up above Capri Ristorante, they have the Blue Grotto, which uh, was a 60s nightclub. Oh, I thought that was at the uh, Playboy Mansion. <laughs> it was kind of like that. It's done like a cave. It was, it was like that. It, yes, it's got stalagmites <laughs> hanging from the ceiling, and it's all blue light. It's kind of a funky place. Um, and uh, so I, I guess in the 60s, it was the Happening Nightclub. It kind of fell into disrepair. Capri has brought it back, and uh, we used it for my daughter's wedding. Uh, my daughter got married there in February, and uh, we had a reception for about 80 people, and it was fantastic and great food. And so Capri yeah. is definitely right. my right. Hamilton restaurant. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's a tough No, it's a, it's, that's a great <laughs> answer. It's a tough one because, I mean, we um, – I can't even think of the name of it now. There used to be a German restaurant on Augusta yes. or on uh, the Old a, Salzburg Inn. Yes. Old, and, and we had our that wedding rehearsal so dinner good. there. And, and that would have been, but it's gone. It's long gone. Oh, okay. So maybe Black yeah. Forest Inn now. Black, Black Forest was good. Yeah, uh, I've been pu- there. Go for the Pusta. Oh, yeah. the Pusta's fantastic. Yeah. The hot peppers on the schnitzel. and oh, yeah. Do you remember the place? It was on uh, James... Um, uh, it was, it was the, you'd go downstairs. That was the steak place that was down in the basement. Um, Shakespeare's? Uh, no, it was, what was it called? It was, oh, I don't remember. Anyway, it was, oh, it was so good there. It was, that was, that's a bunch of years ago now, but there was a great steak place and you'd go, it was down in the basement on, on, uh, on James. Well, the other place, and again, it was German. I don't know why I'm stuck. Maybe cause I'm hungry and I'm thinking of vast <laughs> amounts of meat, <laughs> but there was a German restaurant on main street. Uh, and the chef's name, we, we used to know the chef a lot. His name was Helmut. And okay. it was always a great story because he'd been bitten by a shark. If you went to the dinner, you got to hear about <laughs> the time he was bitten story? by a shark. Yeah, oh, you got the story with oh, that's it. That's awesome. And you would get the, it was either the hunter's platter or the farmer's platter. Okay. And it would be a, like a hawk of ham and a giant sausage <laughs> and a huge schnitzel and like all the stuff. It was enough meat that you would like go home and have the meat sweats and yeah. wild meat dreams yeah. for the whole night. You went in and told Helmet that you were a, veg- a vegan. He would, uh, oh. he'd bite you. Oh, <laughs> There was there was no I mean you could, well sauerkraut I suppose I suppose uh, there, there was not, wasn't not a lot of room there there was not uh, sirloin cellar by the sirloin way cellar, sirloin bang. cellar sirloin thank, thank you to Doug for uh, thanks for the text Doug on there yeah I, I I blanked but my wife and I had many an anniversary at the sirloin cellar fantastic food there it's too bad it's long gone I'm you know the funny thing is and by the way the phone lines are just uh, Ben is taking calls here we'll get Ben's well the answers Excellent. from Ben in a minute but uh, what people are saying. It kind of is funny to me that our immediate answer, maybe it's because we're used to it, maybe it's because times change. I would have thought that the immediate answer would have been Tim Hortons. When you, honestly, when you <laughs> what, consider... What Hamil- what's more Hamilton, right? And yet, <laughs> be, maybe because of the new ownership, the American ownership, maybe because things have changed, maybe because, again, it's just it's, we don't even think of it now that way. I, I, don't, I don't anymore, no. You, you're right, yeah. I don't think of it that way, but that would have been, I mean, our stadium's name for it and everything. But everything. I, I, I don't... Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like Hamilton's Tim Hortons anymore, and and, and no knock against Tim Hortons, they they've grown and turned into a monster of an organization, and you know people stop at Timmy's every day to get their coffees and their and their luxury. But I don't think of it as a as Hamilton's Tim Hortons anymore. No, no, I I would. Uh... You know, and, and and Granddad's Donuts and Monster Donuts. I mean, uh, they've yeah. kind of nudged their way. If you, if you're going to have a great donut, I'm not sure that if you're looking just for a great donut, I'm not sure Tim's is your first no. choice in this no. city now. Those places are absolutely not. Yes, I would go to a a place that's putting their heart and soul into the donuts, making them fresh every day. Oh yeah, and the Granddad's. Months. I did a remote, a radio station yeah. remote at Granddad's one morning. How many did you eat that day? You know what? I, <laughs> I don't, I'm afraid to say. I was probably up around thirteen or fourteen donuts, that day. and I can eat. I, I'm a pretty good eater. So, but uh, but I we started at you know five thirty in the morning, and I the first thing was an eclair, and I just went from there, and it was like oh yeah, I was on riding some the wave, serious sugar high, yeah, riding the show. wave. Years ago, when <laughs> Jim Balsilly was buying the Pittsburgh Penguins, right, right, the, yeah. his first effort to bring an NHL team yeah. to Hamilton. This is a long time ago now. He was going to have a press conference in the first intermission of the Saturday night game in Pittsburgh and announced that he was bringing, he was buying the team. And so work said, can you get to like at 10 in the morning? They said, can you get to Pittsburgh? Right. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll get to Pittsburgh. So I just jumped in the car and I got to Erie 
and they have a Krispy Kreme right off the highway there. (laughs) And I grabbed a box of Krispy Kreme donuts and talk about riding the wave. (laughs) Those things are loaded. Three of those, and you are on a sugar buzz doing 130, (laughs) and then 10 minutes later, you've crashed, and you're like, I need more Krispy Kreme. (laughs) I do, yes, exactly. It is is like heroin in donut form. It is, I know. You're lucky you didn't go into a diabetic coma. I'm sure it was pretty close. (laughs) Uh, we got to go, but Ben, who were people calling? Were people calling in with answers? Oh, yeah, we had people calling in. Uh, apparently, the Innsville is a great one to go to. And the other one was something that they don't remember the name of, but on Highway 20 in Dunsmere, they had buffets on Sunday mornings and brunch, and apparently they made the best pina coladas. Ooh, there you go. pina colada. <laughs> we could use one of those right now. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if we can whip one up for the oh, second hour. Great. Mike ben, Na- get on that. Mike Neighbors will be back. I'll be back. Ben will be back. <laughs> hour number two coming up after this. Stay with us. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. The brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio conversation requires more than one person. Uh, Sitting with me today, the voice, the in-stadium voice of the Hamilton Ticats who will have their home opener this time next week. At this time next week, he will be bellowing. You will hear him in Stony Creek as he introduces the team for the first game of the year. His name is Mike Neighbors. How are yes, you? Yes, I'm doing great. Yeah. And I'm Listen, by the way, thanks for uh, having me. No. I never, I never thanked you off the top of the show, but I do appreciate you calling, and uh, more than happy to come in and uh, enjoy your bright conversation. Well, and you can, uh, you will hear Mike uh, next week, and I, I am only half joking about uh, hearing you in Stony Creek. If you are, <laughs> if you yeah. are within the, uh, if you can see Tim Hortons Field, oh, you yeah. will hear Mike. Yeah, it uh, it rings out pretty good. I bet. Uh, I'm, I'm always there yelling, so I don't know. I don't see how far it goes. But Well, several years ago, it wasn't you, but several years ago, and this is it sounds like a sad story, but it's more to the point, is uh, we had a uh, very a family member who was not doing well in the hospital up on the, uh, on the mountain, the oh, uh, okay. Jervinsky. Uh, Jervinsky, yes. And she had a room that looked downward. Right. Over, and I, I can't remember who, I think it might have been, who was the, uh, what's his name, the country singer who had the first concert, married to Nicole Kidman. Oh, oh uh, Keith Urban. Keith Urban. I think it was Keith Urban who uh, was playing. Was but from her room, you could <laughs> hear it almost clear That's as a bell. Awesome. And so I am sure that up on the mountain, yeah. people can hear you when you're calling <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> stuff from the Make uh, from the some noise. Make some noise. And up on the mountain when they're having a barbecue, <laughs> like, could you please not? <laughs> uh, by the way, speaking of uh, of comments, I had to tell you this one because I, I was very puzzled. Just during the break, I saw this. Uh, maybe someone can explain this, but I don't know. President Biden was giving a speech on gun control today in Washington and for reasons, that, and if you read the story, no one has yet been able to figure out why oh, he, no. he wrapped up his speech with, God save the queen, man. <laughs> wow. Wow. And the queen's no longer with us. So that they're was not, wrong. They're not exactly a, uh, a member of the Commonwealth. The, yeah. yeah. Uh, God bless America is what he's supposed to say. God yeah. save the queen, man. Wow, man. <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> that is, so oh. so the pool reporter for uh, uh, the pool reporter who was doing this, people were saying, "Was there something we were missing? What was he talking <laughs> about?" And the pool reporter's like, "I got no idea. I, I, no, nothing. nobody knows." And and his staff apparently, when they asked, "Was that intended?" They're like, "We don't know." Yeah, that wasn't on the teleprompter. That was not that. No, <laughs> that was that was on the teleprompter in the head yeah. somewhere. The uh, the mysterious teleprompter. That's a yeah. anyone who could try and explain why Joe Biden was finishing a speech with "God save the Queen, man." Uh, they, <laughs> I like uh, that he added the man. At yeah, the end, they get a, they get a special prize for that one. It's very Joe. Biden. Uh, yeah. Joe Biden was also today, uh, there's video, um, uh, what is her name from, uh, um, oh, there's an actress who was, um, it's Friday. I'm not even thinking of names. Wow. Anyway, he was, uh, greeting her on the, uh, White House lawn and, uh, getting a little Pansy. Oh, oh Eva been... Longoria. Oh, Eva, Eva Longor- Longoria. Okay. Eva Longoria almost got um, oh. a little. Uh, Joe's been accused of being handsy before. So. Yeah, she she yeah. she did an amazing martial arts move to uh, without making it look obvious to separate herself yeah. from, from the president. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's God he's, save the queen, man. God, God save the queen, man. There you go. Uh, so. Um, 
we are talking about all kinds of stuff from this week and others and issues that are still going on. Uh, this is what we talked about a few weeks ago, and it's, uh, it is, uh, they're closing uh, part of King Street, I believe, this weekend for a, yeah. uh, a, a street run. event. Yeah. And this comes back to the, the story that we were talking about a week or so ago, which is their the council is moving towards making Main Street two ways yep. and widening lanes and putting in more bike lanes and widening sidewalks and King Street at certain points when you come into the International Village, there won't even be car traffic able to get through there once the LRT is put in. That's and right. One of the theories is that when this is all done, I mean, the idea is they're not hiding the fact that we want to slow traffic down. Yep. One of the theories is, look, we're going to force people basically to use public transit. Do you mm-hmm. think that it's going to have that effect or do you think it's just going to force people who don't live downtown to never come downtown again because they're sick of the traffic? It's going to be both. That's like, you know, it, it'll it'll certainly drive people away from coming downtown unless you absolutely need to or have to or have tickets to something or whatever. Um, so that definitely will happen. I mean, if you clog the streets up, you're, you know, people are going to avoid those streets. Um, so I think that definitely is one of the things that'll happen. But the other idea would be all these condos we're building and, and you know, they, the idea is let's get more people into them who don't have cars, who are going to use the, the, you know, the shareable autos who are going to use things like that and, uh, and get away from being a car centric city, at least in the downtown core. Um, and probably over, over the longer haul, that's, that's a win, man. I do wonder about this and wrote about this a, a few weeks or a couple of weeks ago, but the, one of the things, the more I've thought about this, we talked last hour about Andrea Horvath and right. the electoral map, how you had the downtown and yep. you had everywhere else. We have had discussions in this city forever that you've got the lower city versus the upper city, the downtown versus the suburbs, rural, urban versus rural. Does this not run the risk of further dividing us into two cities? If you live outside the downtown, as you just said, you probably need a car. You probably have a car. Sure, yeah. And you're not going to want to sit in terrible traffic forever. Do you think it runs the risk that we make it so that people don't want to come downtown? You know what, though? Honestly, it's already divided. Uh, it, it, I, it, I don't think it makes it any more divided than it already is. I, yeah, I live on the West Mountain. Um Unless there's a specific reason, I don't come downtown. And um, and and honestly, when they amalgamated this city, that you know, it's almost, for lack of a better word, ungovernable um, from that standpoint because because the 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 interests of people out in Flamborough and and you know, do I mean, not resonate with those downtown. It's a completely different world. You're living in different worlds, man, and, and and that's just the way it is. So it's not going to change anything. I you know I I remember reading stories about people like up towards Rockton there where it's like it'd be 15 minutes to get to Cambridge City Hall and it's a 35 minute drive to your city hall. I, I mean, it's kind of a crazy situation to begin with. So just accept the fact that it's kind of crazy. It's different groups of people in different areas who live their lives differently. But as far as the downtown is concerned, um, I think I th- I think progress to me is – yeah, let's let's have more people who don't need to have cars and they don't need to spend all that money and that gives them more money to spend on other things like housing, uh, but also maybe other you know specialty items and things like so that. So should then one of the, one of the discussions that is always held at City Hall, it's been going on forever and ever and ever, is with public transit, and should we improve public transit out to Rockton or Waterdown or no. Flamborough or wherever else? Should we even bother to try to do that then, or should we say let's spend what we're going to spend, but concentrate it where people are more likely to use it? Hundred percent. That 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 would be. I mean, just that's my humble opinion is that why are you, you know, sending an empty bus out to Rockton and back every day doesn't make any sense. That person in Rockton is not going to live without a car. They need a car because they need a car just to get to the They've grocery store. They've chosen to live there. That's where they're living. Yeah. Um, so why are you, you know, it, it's, and I guess the idea is because we're taking from the entire tax base, we have to try to provide them some service. But at the end of the day, let's see if we can't rejig those numbers and say if you're, you know, the the service needs to be concentrated where it's being used, and that's where you're getting the biggest bang for your buck. So let's let's take a let's be really good at that. And then if you want to start running shuttles or running the one-offs or whatever, you can look at it. But 
do a good job of delivering the services you can and don't overextend yourself just because you think there should be a bus that goes to Flamborough once a it's day. It's really hard, though, when you've got council that has seemed to suggest that they are going to try and get rid of the area rating thing to then say, we're going to get rid of area rating, but we're not going to put more buses in your area. You're kind of then taking and taking. And so you're going to, so council almost has to say, we're going to give you more bus service, even if no one's going to use it. I get that. I would, what I would say is let's find a way to, um, you know, whatever you're, whether you have area rating or you don't, let's make sure all parts of the city have the services they require. Um, and, and it becomes, it's, you know, it's a little like, uh, to me, it's, it's, it's like the baby bonus, right? I mean, if you make over a certain amount of money, why are we still giving you a baby bonus? And, and we did, we got, we drew that back. It's, it's, it, it, to me, it's the same thing. We have to have some really practical conversations about what do people in Flamborough need, require, uh, as far as basic services are concerned. And let's make sure those are the best they can be. Let's make sure they have great fire service. Let's make sure they have great access to ambulance, but let's not worry so much about transit and concentrate transit. And honestly, bring the cost of transit down a little bit by not overextending it to areas beyond where it's being used. How do you think a discussion would go that would say, we're going to charge, now we kind of do with area rating, but we're going to intentionally charge different tax rates because downtown, if you live downtown and you get great bus service, we're going to really bump up your taxes, but you're going to have great buses. But if you live out in the country, we're not going to charge you that. We're going to give you a break on your taxes. There's not a council alive that's going to go for that to move it more that way. Which is why we're lucky to be on the radio and not (laughs) running for office because because the, the sensible thing to me, again, would be Let's, you know, charge, charge people the taxes for the services they're getting. Um, and yeah, I think different tax rates, I, I, I would have no problem with different tax rates. Are you, a fa- are you in favor of, and this goes all into this, of user fees? Bring taxes down by having more user fees? User fees with, with government assistance for people who can't afford the user fees. So no, if you uh, can yeah. show me a, a median income... Uh, that's at a certain level, then you get, then I'm not, I I don't want some kid not to be able to use a soccer field because he's, but user fees for, you know, yeah, I'm not going to single any area out, but there are well areas of our city that are very wealthy. And so should we be spending, uh, the same from the same tax pool money to develop services in those areas where those people could help pay for those services themselves. So, you know, yeah, I'm all favor for taxing the rich. (laughs) Speaking of somebody who's not very rich, (laughs) easy for me to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, I was just trying to keep track of uh, who did you work for? Was it Jason Farr or was it? uh, These are all my personal opinions. I, you know, uh, Councillor Farr had some great ideas and and did a great service for this city for 12 years. Um, And when I got into his office and I worked there for about a year and a half, and they, you know there were things that we disagreed on. I mean, I absolutely did not agree with everything he uh, he but he believed in. Um, but that's what makes a, a, a great friendship. And and we uh, and we talked them through. And he won the argument every time because he was the counselor, and I was just his communications. You were just assistant. a schmo. Uh, just, <laughs> I was just the guy who posted it on Instagram, baby. Mike, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, as everyone knows, wrapped up. Vegas Golden Knights won. I still am wrapping my head around. Vegas having the Stanley Cup, it seems like, I don't know, I, I, it, it feels like they should almost like have a plastic Stanley Cup to give to them. Like somehow it just seems <laughs> fake or cheap or well, something that a team that's been in the league six years. As a lifelong Leafs fan, this latest core, the core four that we have have been together for those six years and we don't have a cup to show for it. So you have one playoff uh, series. Absolutely uh, crushing for long lifelong hockey fans, but you know what? It uh, I thought one of the funniest things for me was I guess there's a strip club in in Vegas that uh, said if the Vegas Knights win, all the players will get free lap dances for life, and so they won. <laughs> so, but it just you got to imagine about thirty years from now, one of these old hockey that. players going, "Hey, got the ring." <laughs> yeah, and, and, and uh, that's right. And by then it'll have changed ownership. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what, yeah what, are you, what are you talking about, pal? Yeah, free lap, whatever. <laughs> creepy. So, um, one of the amazing stories, and we hear this every year when the Stanley Cup Finals ends, is the litany of injuries that the teams had when they got through this. The Florida Panthers especially. So, Matthew Kachuk 
was playing with a broken sternum. Sternum, yeah. Uh, one guy was playing with a broken foot. One guy had, and I've, I'm just going through this, uh, Aaron Eckblad broke his foot in the first round and played through that. He also had a torn oblique muscle and dislocated his shoulder twice wow. in the same playoffs and on and on and on. And every year this happens, every year they go through this, I always come back to the same question. Is this heroic or is this stupid? <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I always think, well, first, it's very Bobby Bond of them. Very um, much, yes. Right? Remember the broken leg, yes. right? Um, one of the, so working with the Ticats, as I have for the last 13 years, um, one of the interesting things that I always find is working with the alumni. I, I love, you know, and you see the old alumni coming into the events and stuff like that. And, and they're all so crippled up and and banged up. And Ange Mosca was the best example of that, but lots of them. And I always think if I was a young football player, would I be looking at those guys going, is that how I want to spend my 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s? You know, and they like, would all say no, but at the same exact moment, if you said, but do you want to sign a contract to play? I know. They will sign it that same day. So, so, but when it comes to, is it heroic or stupid, it's, it's, I mean, to me, it's, it, I, I, first of all, I could not do it through the pain. So, I, I mean, it's heroic from that standpoint. I think that, that takes a lot of guts to mm-hmm. just keep stepping on that broken foot. Um, at the same time, yeah, I think it's stupid when you look at life as being a long journey and, you know, will you be able to pick up your grandkids when they come along because you, you know, I had to just stick it out. And especially when you're the losing team. I mean, at least if you had a Stanley Cup ring, yeah, that's it one eases thing. the pain a little bit. <laughs> but I, when you're the losing team, I'm trying to think who the former Ticat is. Uh, it might be Miles Gurrell. and Miles. Okay. Is, you know, he's on here calling the Mac games with, yeah, uh, with yeah. Ted. Mike. I think, and if I've got it wrong, if it's not Miles, I uh, forgive you, Miles. But one of them, and I think it was Miles, has a baby finger that, from the middle knuckle, turns at a ninety degree right. angle. Yes. From, you know, just getting them caught in masks yeah, and yeah, face yeah. masks oh, and yeah. over the years yeah. and breaking and dislocating. Yeah. And and if it's not him, it's someone else. Yeah. I, I but and, and I always look at that and, and it's exactly what you're thinking. It's like, yeah. all right, well, it's not like you're missing a hand. No. It's just, you know, a little bit yeah. uh, noticeable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and the thing, even the fingers, one thing, but I, I just, you know, I, I was never an athlete. I'm 58. I, and I'm already, I got knee issues. I have shoulder issues and I never did anything with my knees or shoulders. So I, you know, I just, I just think these, I just, as long as they know what they're signing up for, good on them. But I, yeah, I would lean more towards stupid from my standpoint. Well, and when I putting your body on the line like that, it's not, they're not stupid people, but they're, they're, they're making decisions now that I just worry they, they'll look back and go, wow, you know, I could have had. 30 good years. Yeah, and and to me, it is heroic. To me, it is heroic, and I'll tell you why, although there is an element of stupid. Um, We, our society, I don't think right now, um, what's the word, appreciates or endorses or um, masculinity is a thing that is a complex issue in our society now. 100%. And, you know, this is, you know, and, and if you say masculinity, it's almost now got the word toxic strapped to it, no matter what. (laughs) And I look at this is a, this is, (laughs) if you can be tough enough to play through this, if you've got a goal and you will grow, and I'm not saying women wouldn't do the same in their sport. Sure. They're not suggesting that. They play banged up, you know, the Canadian women's hockey team by the time they get through one of their series. But they don't have, it's, it's, we don't, we don't have a, a comparable because, there is no women's league that has the same level number of playoffs and everything else. We haven't seen. They, probably right. if they did, they would. Right. But we don't have that right now. This is a unique thing to men's sports, men's hockey, that you would have guys well, They also do don't necessarily produce a list after a gold medal game saying, oh, these players were playing on... No, know. but even in the Olympics. And, and taking, like, listen, this is not taking anything away from the women's teams. Yeah. But even in the Olympics, you play, what, four, three, four round robin games yeah. and three or four playoff yeah. games. In the playoffs, you've played 82 games and now you've got... You've got to win 16 games. You could technically play 28 games. Right, right. And I, I mean, I applaud that there are still guys out there that right. are still doing this, and there's still a masculine thing that is right. an amazing achievement of toughing it out, as you say, yeah. and everything else. Yeah. 
The stupid part, though, is I do, when you hear, okay, I, I, I played with a broken sternum. There's a part of me, I'm no medical doctor, clearly, <laughs> but it's like, well, isn't that potentially very dangerous? What if you had taken a slap shot in I, that I, part I, of your chest? Could you I, not have done horrible things to I, yourself? You, got, you can't. You shouldn't. Why are you doing that? I mean, a broken foot, <laughs> a broken foot, uh, you say playing through the pain, but if the doctor has said, you're not going to make it any worse and you can tolerate the pain. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. But there are other things, as you say, that, yeah. uh, you know, I, uh, one of the famous stories, and I, I think it was, um, Smith, I can't remember his first name. He was the cat. He played for the Leafs for a bit and he was the captain of the Oilers for a while. One of the stories, he took a puck in the face. Right. That split him from his nostril to his lips so that it was basically uh, a open gap. Wound, yeah. And it was in the playoffs, walked into the tunnel, told the doctor, I don't want to miss time, stitch me up right here. Didn't even freeze it. And they just stitched him <laughs> up standing in the tunnel and missed like four shifts. Yeah. And I was like, all right, that is not that, my. That is tough. What was, what's the, um, what's the old Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, um, uh, where they're searching for the creature? Uh, the, oh, the alien. Was Predator? It? Predator. And was it him or was it, uh, one of the other guys in the movie when they said you're, uh, Jesse, the body Ventura. Right. And right. somebody says you're bleeding. He goes, I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it kind of is uh, like. It, I ain't got time to bleed. It, it is like that. But remember, you remember the stories, right? From the early days of hockey and the goalies and where the oh. goal face mask came from was they would take them back and stitch them up. And Jacques Plant said, I'm not going back without the mask. And they, okay, wear the mask, Jacques. Do you know that uh, there's a know. Hamilton connection to that story? I think I do. There's Go a ahead. Hamilton connection. So that was the Montreal Canadiens against the New York Rangers. Yep. And uh, it and Jacques Plante, before that happened, a shift before that, had allegedly given Andy Bathgate a bit of a spear behind the net. Okay. And at Bathgate goes over to the bench. I, I heard this from both Andy Bathgate and from Harry Howell, Hamilton okay. guy. Uh, they both told me this story. And Harry's on the bench and he says to Bathgate, are you going to let him do that? <laughs> and Harry's the nicest, was the nicest right. man alive. Yes, he was. And next time Bathgate got the puck, he says he intentionally took a backhander at Plant's face. Oh, wow. And so that was at the urging of Harry yeah, Howell yeah, yeah. and busted him open. And yeah. that was when he went off and got the stitches and yeah. came back. So it was really, hockey masks are the result of Harry Howell. <laughs> Harry Howell prodding on one of his guys. Andy Bathgate <laughs> to take a shot. And, um... But yeah, and, and you know, those old clips of, um, and I'm sure you've seen this one, the old black and white of Johnny Bauer pinned to the ice because someone's lying on him, stopping three shots in a row with <laughs> yeah, his face, yes, with his yes. bare face. Yes, that was, uh, they, they were they were different. They were different people. But even, you know, when you talk about toughness now, but even, you know, like I can't even, I don't watch it myself because I can't stand to watch two men brutally beat each other. But UFC, mm. I mean, that's just, those guys just stand there. It, it's just, it's crazy, man. That's that's crazy tough. Crazy maybe being the operative word. Uh, when uh, 2006 or five or seven, something in there, Jeff Joslin from Hamilton right. uh, went down to San Diego to the Miramar Marine Base because they had a fight there okay. on the Marine base. And I went down myself and the star from the spec, uh, Barry Gray, we went down to cover it and I've seen UFC fights since, but more recently as the sport and as that has become more popular and bigger, you didn't have access back then. It you, was you just stood, getting going. You stood right up there. <laughs> and so they basically, I said, I'm, we're coming down and they said, sure. Yeah. And I had a press pass, which at that time gave me access like you would never in a million years get now. So I was in the dressing room. I was at ringside, cage side. I was walking back and forth. And I remember there was a guy, I have no idea what his name was, who fought before Jeff. Jeff is getting his hands all taped up and stuff. And this other guy is fighting and it's on a little TV in the corner. And this guy got just (laughs) smiteth. He was... Leaking yeah. everywhere. And he then comes into the same dressing room. They had one big dressing room for all the guys. Again, right. times change. Right. And you know, you're trying to get ready. Jeff is trying to get ready to go out and fight. Watching and this, this guy, guy comes just, in and oh, sees this guy looking oh. like a pot of mashed potatoes now, Man. getting stitched up yeah. in ice bags. Yeah. And and I remember looking at this guy and talking to them, and they loved it. And I'm like, <laughs> how in the that. world? And if you've ever met, have you ever met Jeff Jocelyn? I have not met him, no. 
Jeff is the most mild-mannered, That's nicest, kind guy like you would ever way, meet. Right? And you're like, how in the world do you get yourself into a frame of mind to yeah. get into a cage yeah. and with barely any gloves yeah, on, to start bare knuckle yeah. on a guy. And, yeah. it, it's, and it's, have it's, that guy bare knuckle on you, yes. which is really, like me, you know, punching is one thing. Yeah, I'll hit someone. <laughs> you know, hit me back. Getting hit? Yeah, that's, but you know, I, 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 pain tolerance and all those things being equal, that's, that it's, a, it takes a certain kind of person, I guess. But yeah, but I come back to like, I, I, when I look at the NHL thing, I always ask that question every year when you hear the infirmary report, I always go yeah. stupid or heroic. Yeah. And I, I, I lean heroic. Yeah, if you've got a goal and these guys for their whole life have dreamed about winning a Stanley Cup. Yeah. And when months later, we've had the Stanley Cup brought to Hamilton in recent years from various guys who have won at Ray Emery yep. or Dave Andrachuk or whomever, um, you get that forever. Yep. Like you, you've yep. got the ring and you've got yep. your name on there forever. And yeah. to me, I wish I had that, whatever it was that would say, I will literally do anything. I'll walk through a wall. I will do anything yeah. to get the thing that yeah. I really want to get. That, 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 that but, again, that's heroic to me. But then at the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs, you have a broken sternum and no cup. <laughs> well, hopefully you have a cup or else you might have a broken something else. It always, it always amazes me that hockey players will go on the ice with no face protection, yeah, oh, and oh, no yeah. neck protection, the only one thing you but they protect. won't step on there without that other cup oh, no. down there. And it's like, all right, well, we know, <laughs> yeah, we know what your priorities are. We know, yeah. <laughs> Mike Neighbors with me for a few more minutes uh, of the guy who, uh, as I say, to about a week from now, well, actually. A week from now, he will have already hopefully called seven or eight Ticat touchdowns. <laughs> the game will only be 15 minutes <laughs> That's old. That's a little, yeah, little probably ambitious. won't be that many. But. A little ambitious. Let's just hope it's not all the other way. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, they, uh, Sunday's going to be interesting before because last week was not good. Uh, we'll see um, what happens. Anyway, you um, you got some other stuff going on here as well as, uh, as that. You, We'll get to the podcast in just one second, but you are also doing something that I think a lot of people would love to do, which is actually going and getting your big rig trucker's license. That's, I actually have it now. You have it now. I have it. So you can, you can get into the big rig and, and, and now that you have it, every time you drive by a car where a kid in the backyard pulls down, (laughs) do do you blow the horn and go, ah, shut up. I'm tired of that. Uh, well, I'm, so I'm not actually, I don't have a job driving yet. But Um, will you, will you, when that happens, every time the kid pulls it, you'll, you'll, absolutely. Right. Yes, it's so funny because when we're trying, I went to truck driver training school, and and um, and it was a six week program, and it was fascinating, and it's something I always loved the idea of doing, um, and and then just ended up with the opportunity to do it, so I did, and uh, and I love driving a truck, man, it is so cool being up there, and and uh, and the when you're training. They only let you use the what they call the city horn, which is just like the uh, any meep, any meep, meep. <laughs> and I'm like really, and they're like, oh no, that thing, and it is loud, man. Yep. And so, uh, but 100, percent you get me out on on a on a on a stretch of highway, and some kid wants me to, I am definitely blowing that horn. You know what? The only disappointing thing I would think about driving a truck today is compared to 30 years ago, no CB handle. <laughs> still have CBs. Do they? Still use CB handles. Yeah, they really? do. Yeah, yeah. They 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 still find it more effective. The truck truck companies really don't want you talking on your cell phone, so so they still use CBs to radio each other what's going on. And, so have and you got a handle then? I don't have a handle. I don't have a truck yet. Uh, but here's the interesting thing, and this is what I found out, which I surprised me, and I found this out after I'd finished truck driving school, so I have an AZ license. I can drive a tractor trailer. Um but did you know that, you know, so in Ontario, there's labor laws, right? You can only work 40 hours a week. Well, they don't apply to truck drivers. And they expect truck drivers to work 70 hours a week. And that is a lot of hours. Do uh, truck drivers get paid by the hour or uh, by the trip? There, there, there's various ways. Sometimes it's by the kilometers. Sometimes it's uh, salary and, and things like that. And truck drivers can make a lot of money. But... They expect you to work 14-hour days, and that's one, you know, one hour for inspection of the truck at, at either end, and the other 13, you're driving. And uh, I was shocked, frankly, that it wasn't a 40-hour week. There's no eight to four truck driving jobs. They are 6.30 in the morning till 7.30 at night truck driving jobs. And that, to me, is 
something that should be changed. I, I don't. It doesn't seem to me, and I'm not certainly blaming that on why there's there are so many truck accidents because there are just so many trucks. I mean, it, you know, yeah. it really is. But at the same time, I don't think it's fair to truck drivers that they be challenged to work those kind of hours uh, on a day-to-day basis. That's that's crazy um, to, to be driving for 13 hours and, and working 14 hours every day for five days a week. Well, every time you, uh, if you ever go on YouTube or whatever else and see, they always have these videos of, you know, these the trucks with now they've got the whole apartment in the back, basically. Yep, it's like, yep. well, why would I spend all the money then if I'm never going to be able to use it because I'm driving the whole time? <laughs> Yo, all I want to do is lie down and that's, sleep. That, that's, and that's all they do, right? When you're out on the road, I mean, you climb in the back, you get your, your, your 10 hours off, and then you get back in and you drive and that's there's no time to you're not having friends over you're not watching movies you're sleeping or you're driving and uh it's a tough life so is smoking the bandit your new favorite movie that's your always, favorite always, movie? it's always my favorite i love smoking the bandit the song convoy was the one that did it for me i was a huge fan of of the song convoy when it became a number one hit i went out and bought a cb dictionary and uh just i love the vernacular the language they created for themselves and so that was sort of where my interest in truck driving began a long, long go. time ago. And, and so now I can drive a truck, whether I will end up driving a truck for a living or not, I don't know. <laughs> well, you've also got a podcast. A, I do. A, a, what is it? A podcast, video <clears throat> podcast show. It's the whole, it's the whole multimedia realm. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a TV show on cable 14 every Wednesday night at seven. I uh, host it with Jason Farr. So it's uh, hammered down with Jay and Mike and, um, uh, and it's on from seven to eight Wednesday nights. And then, and then we spin that in, we take the audio and turn that into a podcast. So if you go to any podcast site, you can look up Hammer Down with Jay and Mike. There's nine episodes, I think, out there now. Um, we have lots of local guests. Uh, we had uh, Jane uh, Eastwood on, the great yeah, actress. Hamilton actress. She was on with us. And uh, we've had uh, a bunch of other great guests. And I think it's a kind of a different show for Cable 14 because. Yeah, some of their shows can be quite dry, and Jay and I try to bring uh, a little bit of humor to the set. There, so. I, I won't say because um, I, I I do like doing this show, but you guys, one of the show, I was flipping channels one day and saw it, and you made reference. You made reference, I think, to something, and I thought. <laughs> Wow, this is the new cable fourteen. <laughs> it was a um yeah. it was a subtle reference to a um shall we say a sexual maneuver <laughs> used in a different context and I was like, All right, this is now cable fourteen after dark. It's it, yeah, you know what, and, and, and we've been very well received. The cable fourteen people have been great with us and yeah, we play it fast and loose and just have some fun and, and I think they're, I think they're enjoying kind of a different spin, and, and Jay and I are certainly enjoying doing it. So uh, check that out Wednesday nights at 7 on Cable 14 or the podcast Hammer Down with Jay and Mike. Or replayed 72 times during the rest it of the is, week. It, it is. It is. And we actually got picked up for summer reruns okay. across the whole Kojiko network. So, uh, oh, so they'll play over the summer. So you're bound to see it. I'll, I'm the guy in the cowboy hat with the long hair. Don't confuse me with Jason Farr. Uh, <laughs> you guys could not possibly look different or mutt, more different. A Mutt and Jeff thing going you on. You guys there, right? could not look like two more different people if you tried, but uh, you don't even need to have your names on the screen. No, people just know. No, exactly. Uh, Mike. Mike Neighbors, thank you for coming in and doing this. Always love having you on. Thank you so much for having me. Love the show, Scott. You guys, you do a great job. You and Ben uh, cranking it out here, and uh, and I love being a part of it. So thank you so much. Wednesday night, hammer down with Jay and Mike. Yeah. You know, if you went if you went with Jay and Big Mike, it would almost be like a return to when he was doing Y one oh eight once upon a time <laughs> with Jay right. and Big D. That's right. You know, we could we could go old school here. Uh folks, have yourself a wonderful weekend. And fathers out there, have happy a great, Father's yes, Day. Yes, have a great yes. Father's Day and uh yeah, you um those fathers who and not to get like all serious and stuff, but those fathers who have stuck around and have been great fathers to their kids, a uh, big round of applause to all of you because you make a big difference. You honestly do. 100%. It's my, but my greatest achievement is that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good dad. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.